Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. All right, guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, back in the new studio, getting used to it. The camera's really far away from me, uh, but uh, starting to get the mechanics uh, of it down. And I am joined by Adam, who I've decided the new connector, he's surpassed me with podcast, is is Matt at this point, uh, this man, <laughs> I feel like I get an email every other day, but I love it because everybody I've met has been such a high level uh, human being. So Adam, so great to have you here, bud. It's good to be here, Austin. Thanks for having me. You got it, my man. So what I like to do with my guests is I like to them to share their story and we'll kind of start from there. Uh, you're welcome to start at two years old or you're welcome to start six months ago. It's totally up to you. Yeah, that's a, a big, a big question. And, you know, you, you said you set the bar a little high here, but, you know, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm Adam Cuello. I have a podcast called the Mindful Fire podcast, kind of uniting two of my passions, mindfulness and financial independence, retire early. Mm -hmm. And it's all about crafting a life you love and making work optional using the tools of mindfulness, envisioning and financial independence. Those things are very clear to me now. They were not always clear to me. And, you know, so if we go back, I don't know how far we go, we're going back in the time machine here, but I grew up in Florida and I went to school at the University of Florida and I was always interested in entrepreneurship. I saw the, that my parents were so, small business owners and I saw the freedom and flexibility that it gave them to go on vacation whenever they wanted and for as long as they wanted, right? Like I saw my friends taking like a week vacation to go to like Orlando and that's great. But I saw that I was able to go with my parents to Portugal, where my dad is from and spend the whole, not the whole summer, but like a month, spend a month there with my family and traveling to adjacent countries and just having that flexibility. So for me, that was super attractive. And I had a startup in college all about kind of connecting people. That's kind of the theme for me. It's I've come to notice that my purpose is really creating opportunity through connection. Mm -hmm. And that shows up in a lot of ways. But if I think all the way back, it's kind of always been there. And so I had a startup in college, wasn't really looking for a job, but a friend reached out to me and said, hey, I interned twice at Google. They are looking for people in the department I was working in. And so I kind of had in my mind, there are only two companies I'll work for because my dream was to go and be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, if I end up out in the Bay Area, I can start my own company or go work for a startup. And so I had two companies in mind, Google and Apple. Loved Apple products, thought Google was pretty cool. Um, didn't know much more than that, but this was an opportunity at Google. So I sent her my resume. She helped me on it. Next thing you know, I'm flying out there interviewing. And basically like four or five weeks later, I'm living and working in California for Google. Mm -hmm. So that was a total dream come true. I had no clue uh, how that was going to happen, but it ended up happening. And from there, 
um, you know, kind of just built my career. Right. Um, but as I said, I did not have this mindfulness or envisioning or financial independence. I had none of these skills when I started that career and I had a lot of struggle, right? I basically had this feeling that like, I got what I wanted. I have everything I wanted. I should be happier. Right. I don't know. You might, you do a lot of mindset work and mm -hmm. I know you probably come across some people with this feeling. Well, it's just happened on a call this morning. Like the client hit the number that they had been dreaming about forever. And then the next month was not as great mm. said because you made it about the number. Mm. Like what is the thing that you love doing more than anything? Well, I love teaching new vets how to be a vet. When's the last time you did that? Well, it's been like a year. Okay. So let me get yeah. this. You're not doing the actual thing, but here's what we do as people. What I try to tell people is you're a circle and we focus on all the things that make us money instead of focusing on the things that fill us up to go make the money. Yep. Yeah. It's, it happens so often and it happens again and again and again, right? Like I caught myself the other day. I was, I, I had a guest on my podcast and we were talking about enough. What is enough? And it's a slippery question. And it's, and it's something that I need to rediscover again and again. During the conversation, I realized, wait, this program I told you that Matt and I are in, um, you know, all about kind of getting clear on what we're building and going out and telling the story on podcasts. I realized that even though I say that my reason for pursuing financial independence is to be able to is to be able to pursue entrepreneurship and build and create and connect without going like forcing it and needing it to work and coming from a place of scarcity, mm -hmm. but rather coming from a place of enough and just playing and having fun and connecting and building. And I realized during that conversation, even though I say this all the time, I was doing it last week. I was like, oh, I got to figure it out. I got to be there. I got to get there. And so I feel like this is something that we need to learn again and again. And mindfulness is really a key to helping us unlock that because it allows us to look at our experience, whether it be our life in a macro sense or individual, you know, individual moments and days in the present moment, we get to see it more clearly with a kind, curious awareness. So that's kind of how I found myself in at my job at Google is I didn't have these skills. I did not have mindfulness. I was finding myself really struggling to appreciate what I had achieved and the life that I was creating. And, a, you know, I was kind of trying to make things happen. They weren't happening. And I was always living with this, what I call now the if only mindset, if only I could teach mindfulness and get paid for it. If only back then it was like, if only I could be an entrepreneur, right? If only I could build my own side hustle. If only I could leave Google and quit my job, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be living the life I'm supposed to live. And unfortunately, I needed to learn the hard way what that story I was telling myself actually meant and the power that that story had on creating the outcome that I was un uh, not intentionally, but actually asking for. And so I'm jumping around a lot here, but- How long did it yeah. take you 
from telling those stories to yourself while you're working at Google to actually start your own business? Yeah, it's a good question. So I always had like, I mean, I had my startup before Google and I eventually gave that up. So I've had little things here and there, but it was really during the first couple of years at, at Google, I was trying to make these things happen, trying to make like doing user experience within my role. So I was an account manager. I was working with websites who made money from AdSense. And I had this crazy idea that if they improve their websites, instead of just slamming more ads on the page, they would actually make more money in the long term. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wanted to hear that. So um, I had that's what I was trying to make happen and getting really, really frustrated. And so I, I enrolled in a program uh, that's called was called the foundation. And it was all about building a SaaS business in six, in six months, kind of identifying a problem, pre-selling the product, and then creating a business, uh, like actually building the product and launching into a business. So that's when I went into hyperdrive of telling myself this story that was not very helpful, but I had no clue that I was doing it. And that was that to be successful, I needed to quit Google. Success equaled quitting Google. Mm -hmm. And so that was the story I was telling myself over and over again. Um, and eventually what happened is I envisioned myself right out of my dream job. Around that same time, I had the opportunity to do that user experience thing. But because I was also so focused on this side hustle, I effectively envisioned myself out of a job, right? I th There were plenty of problems with the way that project was set up. Um, but because I had this mindset, I'm quitting anyways. I'm going, I didn't deal with them appropriately. I didn't navigate them and kind of show up in a way that would have made them better. I just kind of like was like, oh, this is not my problem. I'm out of here anyways. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, nine months into the project, I get called into my boss's office and he says, Adam, we're killing the team. You have three months to find a new job or leave Google. So naturally, I was pretty uh, upset about this, pretty shocked. Um, of course, I had no clue that I had done this to myself until later on. But, you know, this is when the mindfulness really came in, right? And I had this practice to some degree for a year or two at this point, but that's where I hit rock bottom. I basically was looking for jobs and having conversations internally, externally, but I got to 30 days before the deadline and I had a total of zero job offers, mm -hmm. nothing. And so I was like staring down the barrel of the gun of leaving Google, my dream company that I had had some success at and I really wanted to continue with now that I, now that I realized it. Um, and I, I had to change, I realized something had to change. And so I remembered this concept of envisioning that I had learned through a program called search inside yourself. And it's an emotional intelligence leadership program developed at Google that teaches those concepts through mindfulness. And I remembered they taught this section very briefly about envisioning. And it's all about, you know, putting the power of your predicting brain to work to create the life that you want. And so in that exercise that they taught in the program, I sat down, I wrote out, what is the ideal situation that I want, right? If I look, they use five years in the future. I, I tend to use that as well. If I look five years in the future, what does my life look like? And I got really clear on what I wanted. And it was 
have a great a job that I love working with people that I respect and I'm learning and growing and in my career and as a person, things like that. And I, I also started practicing an affirmations practice that I had learned through the, the foundation program. And so I started tell uh, after I'd meditate each morning, I would tell myself, the world is abundant with opportunity. And I would start to envision, uh, visualize how is this true in the past? How is this true in the present? And how is this true in the future? And I would see in my mind situations where this was already true, right? In the past, in the present. And then I would project that into the future. And I'd also say, I don't worry about doing things right or wrong. I just take action, which leads to learning, progress, and growth. And as I did this more and more, amazing things started to happen in my experience. I started to see opportunity everywhere. Friends were reaching out to me. Hey, my team has headcount, or you should talk to this person. And I started taking action that was completely counter to what I was doing before, right? I would, I, I noticed I wanted to interview with this company. I saw that I was connected to the CEO by a former client CEO of mine. I just asked for an introduction. And next thing you know, I'm having a conversation with the CEO. He's recommending me to the COO. And they're saying, hey, to the hiring manager, you should talk to this guy, go hire this guy. And I ended that 30 days with two job offers, one internal, one external. And I think it's obvious I, I took the one internal <laughs> in my job at Google. And that kicked off this whole new chapter of my life, right? Because I now, when I had a little distance from it, I realized, number one, we have stories inside our head that are going all the time. Are, and, and often they're not very helpful or kind to ourselves. You know, that inner critic, we talk to ourselves like we would talk to nobody else, even our worst enemy. And so I started to have awareness of that. And the second thing is that the same thing that got me into this problem when I envisioned myself out of a job also got me out of that problem when I envisioned this future that I wanted and started moving towards it in part by using the practice of affirmations. And so from there, I started putting this envisioning into all sorts of areas of my life, right? Getting promoted, becoming a facilitator for that search inside yourself program, becoming integral to the mindfulness community at Google, teaching mindfulness, envisioning and emotional intelligence to 2,500 Googlers around the world. And just more importantly, realizing that, wow, this is like, this lights me up. I want to be doing this. And as I then integrated the, the financial independence stuff, which came through a friend kind of going off and learning about it and coming back and teaching me all about the financial independence retire early movement, I started to think, well, yeah, I love this stuff. Let me start figuring out like how this might look after I retire early in quotes. And it really has just totally supercharged my energy and the the vision has gotten clearer and clearer as I kind of walk down the path and take one step at a time. And the podcast is is to that end. And the program I'm in now with Matt is in that to that end and just so many things. So that was a very long story. <laughs> Do you ever think... Um... If you wouldn't have turned it around in those last 30 days, do you ever think about your life, what it would look like now? Honestly, I haven't thought too much about that. That's a great question. I mean, 
I think it would have been a lot different, uh, you know, because I had that epiphany as a result of that turnaround. And the and question I, is, do you go back and thank the former boss for putting you in a position to even have the epiphany in the first place? Mm, I have not done that either. I, yeah, my, my feelings towards those two, I, I had two bosses, believe it. I said it wasn't set up for success. I had one who I, who told me what to do and, and set the direction and one who was my official manager who couldn't care less, but both but either, of them, either way they supported you in the growth and getting and getting where I needed to go. That's a good point. That's a great reframe. Here's, here's, Thank I'll, share, you. I'll share you a great story. The first business, real business I ever started with business partners, I lost $30,000. You might as well, I allowed, lighted it on fire pretty much. Um, but it did two things. It got me out of the career I was in. And it was the first time I ever met two guys that were sober. And because of them, I'm four and a half years sober from alcohol. So I'll gladly- wow do the 30,000 again. And those are the games that change your life. Wow. That's yeah, that's, that's powerful. And congratulations. That's four years. That's uh, four and a half years. That's huge. And that, yeah, it created that, created that space for you to see a different way. And yeah, this, this, I, I, I realized this situation was a game changer, but I never thought about the people who put me in the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of, I, I kind of got stuck up not stuck up, but I got caught on the, the, the fact that I got myself into that situation, which I think is a powerful insight, but that's a, that's a great point as well, that those people created that situation, which opened this whole new chapter of my life. And it's so interesting, right? I have 44 employees. That's like on a minimum that, that I oversee. And, you know, today, you know, I get accosted, you know, being in the office for 2.5 seconds in a matter that, it's not my problem, to be honest with you. Um, and I said, look, you know, I'm not in a position to talk about this because I don't, this is not my, I haven't, wasn't involved in the conversations prior to this. And I still solve the problem and we're fixing it as we speak. But, but, but what I love about the maturity, right? And what you're speaking, the mindfulness is to not flip the switch and get upset and say things that don't matter just to have an answer, but being comfortable enough in who I am to say, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Let me get all the information and then I'll talk to you about it. Like that for me is such an evolution of me as a person. Like it's, it's mind blowing to me that we've got here, you know, at 40 years old, because me four years ago, good Lord, that would have blown up into this whole thing and, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's yeah. what you're talking about is that mindfulness that always pushing boundaries of how good you think you can be and keep going. And I think a lot of people hold themselves back um, because they refuse to look in, you know, they refuse to be their own worst critic, really, but not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Right. In a constructive way. Yeah. Looking at the areas of gro- for growth and things like that. Yeah. It's a really good point. So. I think what's interesting, right, is in, 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 pardon me, are you still at Google now? I am. Yep. Okay. So I think 12, 12 years in 12, 12 years. years I love in. it, but you, you still love entrepreneurship and you still do stuff on the side. Okay. Definitely. I think if you look at the, the arc of entrepreneurship, right. And you go back about three years, you know, it was all oh, burn, burn the places down and everybody needs to have a job and start your own company. But what I feel like is happening is I feel like 
the, the pendulum swung back a little bit. And there is, in my opinion, there is a lot of value in being in a W-2 and then still doing stuff on the side because it's your bankable. Um, you know, when you speak about the financial independence, it's easy to get a real estate loan, you know, try being an entrepreneur and try to go get a loan. Yeah. I've heard it's not so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you ever fight with yourself of wanting that pure freedom out there, but, but loving what you do at Google? Is that like a constant battle or you've kind of put it in its place? Oh, I absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I, I was saying earlier, I, how I have to learn the lessons again and again. And this is another one of those, you know, I, I, I remember that was 2014. And when I kind of had this epiphany or when I had this, uh, this, when I got myself out of the situation was also the time when I started my side hustle, I kind of was pursuing that, uh, as well as a, another potential option, talking to some old clients of mine saying, Hey, I could consult you on this and help you grow your revenue, things like that. And I did lock down two clients and one, I got to pay up, pay me up front $10,000. And I went home to my wife and I said, baby, I did it. I don't need a job. I, I, I got $10,000. And she's like, are you insane? <laughs> you can't live on $10,000 in San Francisco. Let let alone anywhere, but certainly not San Francisco. And so, but I, so I was like, I need, to, you know, like this is the time I got to do it. Right. So that was one of the times, but she talked me in to, to staying, you know, to once I got that job, she's like, look, this is a great opportunity. Build this on the side. But yes, I go back and forth. Like I got to do it. This is the time let's go. But I, I'm very fortunate to, to have her in my corner and keeping me grounded because the reality is my, like my salary has gone, has doubled or tripled since then. Mm -hmm. And I've had gotten promoted twice. I had this whole area, you know, I've gotten trained to be a facilitator. Like I, all these things, these opportunities, these connections have been the result of being at Google all these extra years. And the financial position I'm in is because I did that because I made that decision, but it is a constant struggle for me to say, look, I should be doing this. I think most recently, what's been really helpful for me as a reframe is Google's my biggest client. I think about Google as my biggest client, uh, even though I, <laughs> I am an employee, I, I think of it in my mind that that's the, the primary client and I don't love every moment of it. But there are certainly many aspects I do enjoy, and I certainly enjoy the salary and the stock and the and the flexibility that I have to be able to do things like this and build my podcast and, and dabble in my business without the risk of not being able to put food on the table. This is a realization I just had the other day in that conversation I was referencing earlier. It's like, I actually already have the situation that I want, mm -hmm. right? I say I want to have financial independence so I can do these entrepreneurial things. I have it, yeah. right? And like, that's that's what I, that was my big realization last year. And as I said, I just realized it again. And that is what I want other people to start to realize, right? I think especially people charging towards financial independence, retire early, they think, I got to escape. I got to get out of this. And 
I got to start living the life I want. I think a lot of people are not actually clear on what that life is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that once they get clear on that, they can just shift their attention slightly and realize they either have or can start living that life right now, here and now. And I think that's a total game changer. Well, it's, I mean, dude, you know, and I know both because you do some, what I do, you know, well, when I get successful, well, hold, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> right. That the day that you actually get successful is the day that you decide you're successful. Like in that, in that exact moment, it means nothing. I am not going to stop doing my fiance is like, you're better when you're working. Like, please go work because if you <laughs> don't work, then you don't feel fulfilled. So then mm -hmm. really, what is the definition of success here? Right. Like, and it's, well, and, and there's not, look, dude, I've coached 15 people a week for five years. I've been on 800 podcasts. There's not one person. It doesn't matter if they were a billionaire or they were broke or they were an alcoholic has told me, I asked them if they were successful. Not one person has said yes. Wow. That's, so, that we says have, something. We have a problem with the definition of success. Mm -hmm. And we have to reassociate the identity of success. And, and I think for me, and I'm just talking about myself, is that I just don't care anymore. Like, meaning that like, I'm not going to sit here. Like my favorite thing in the entire world uh, is every armchair quarterback on Twitter telling me to slow down. Like it, that word just like infuriates me. And, and then I think to myself, like, that's because they didn't take the risk in their career. And the thing is, is like, what's, what's, what's my other option? Like risk is part of what's going to get me to where I want to go, but also I enjoy the risk. So then you have to ask yourself, like, when you feel comfortable and what you're saying, envisioning your life, the way that you wanted to, what's wild to me is if I look back on my 20 year old self. I've done everything in my life that I wanted to do. I, I had three big passions in my life and that was music. It was hospitality and wine and beverage. And then it was business. Well, I sold wine for 20 years and I was a high end thing. And then I worked in the music business for three years and now I'm doing businesses. It's rare that most people get to say they've done what they enjoyed. Right. And you, you the same. And so when you're dealing with the people that you're dealing with in mindfulness, a lot of people don't even know what the word means or what it's supposed to be signified as. How do you start the process with your, the people that you help or the people that you're on your podcast? How do you even begin the process of defining what mindfulness is for them? Yeah, it's a great question. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of good points there. I think that it's so important that we really rethink what success is right and what enough is right because you can enough they go right together right like what is enough success right and we can just keep chasing and chasing and chasing and and most of us do right i know this stuff and i still do um and so it's it's just a matter of knowing ourselves and that's really when i kind of not pitch. I, I've gotten away from pitching and preaching mindfulness mm -hmm. uh, because it does not work. I, you just asked my brother. And um, <laughs> it's, I, I say that the reason I invest in, in mindfulness and practice mindfulness is because it helps me develop self-awareness and all of the 
progress and quote unquote success that I've had has been a result of that inner exploration, that development of self-awareness. And so when I teach people what it is, I really, I just have them kind of feel their breath, right? We can do it right now. Just feel the breath coming in, feel the breath going out, right? It's something we have all the time and it doesn't have to be the breath, but it's the way of getting curious, paying attention on purpose mm -hmm. and just kind of observing, right? Uh, 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 with, without judgment. And the official definition that I often use is from John Kabat-Zinn, who popularized mindfulness in the West and linked it to mainstream medicine. He says that mindfulness is the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, right? So it's paying attention on purpose in the present moment to what's going on in our body, our mind, and our environment without judgment. And I like to simplify that as with a kind, curious awareness. And for so long, and this is a, an important thing I emphasize for people, for so long, I was focused on, oh, sorry, for so long, what I emphasize for people is that there are two aspects to mindfulness. There's the awareness piece, and there's the non-judgmental piece. And for the longest time, I was focused only on the awareness piece. Mm -hmm. So I'd sit, I'd focus on my breath, my mind would wander, I'd bring it back. My mind would wander, bring it back again and again, almost like a boot camp style training. And there's, there's value to that for sure. You're training your muscles of attention and meta attention. But the more I brought in that kind, curious, non-judgmental awareness and attitude, it just changed how I saw everything, right? Because I, you know, what often happens when people start meditating is they realize their mind's all over the place. And then they start beating themselves up and thinking they're doing it wrong and all of that, which I did as well when I first started and still catch myself doing. The kind, curious awareness allows you to see that and say, oh, there's that, there's that story again. There's that thought pattern again. Okay, that's just a thought too. Let me bring it back to the breath and start again. Mm -hmm. And so bringing those two things together has been really helpful for me. And, and then, you know, when you take that off the cushion, so to speak into life and business, you can bring that kind, curious awareness to the fear that comes up when you're trying something new, the hurt you have when you have a situation where something bad happens, right? In any, all, any and all situation that kind, curious awareness is going to help you see more clearly and then choose wisely what to do next. Mm -hmm. No, it's the truth. I mean, I, I think that the most successful people I, that I deem successful, meaning in their life, their family, their happiness, their financial things, they're innately curious and they're yeah. very uncomfortable being new to something. And I think we, we pigeonhole ourselves and saying, you know, this is, you know, especially this day and age, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And like, I believe there are seasons in life and, you know, part of who I was before and part of who I am now are two totally different people. And so mm -hmm. that's only come from, and, and, and this is what I think is so important. And, and I like to talk about myself on this mindfulness can be different things for different people. I walk 45 minutes every morning for the last three years. That's my time. 
by myself. It's normally dark outside. I listen to music, podcasts, or books. And I just, I can't start my day unless I do that. Mm. Nice. So defining what it is for you is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, that's the, I think that's the thing that people often kind of conflate is mindfulness and meditation, right? Mindfulness is this kind, curious awareness, right? It's like a, it's a capacity that we all have to varying degrees to be with and observe and see clearly what's happening in any moment, right? So you can be mindful walking and listening to a podcast, be really tuned into what's happening. You can be tuned into what's going on around you in in your environment. So that's mindfulness. Meditation is simply mental training, right? It's like exercise for your brain and your, your nervous system. And so that is more of a, you can train mindfulness through meditation or there's mindfulness meditation, but meditation is more broad. It's kind of like exercise. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I I like to kind of separate those two because some people say, Oh, I can't do that. I can't, I don't want to sit and, and meditate. It's like, no, you can practice mindfulness in any way you can do it, exercising, walking, anything that, anything that brings you into the present moment and allows you to be clearly here with what's happening is, is a mindfulness practice and can benefit you in all areas of your life, because it's just a, it's, it's important to be able to see clearly what's going on. And if people wanted to start that practice, you know, after listening to this, what's, what's a tactical kind of uh, tip that you can give them to kind of get that practice off the ground? Mindfulness in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I would say just sit with your breath, right? Sit and tune into the breath coming in, feeling it wherever you feel it most in your body, and then feel it going out, right? And that's, that is mindfulness meditation, right? So that's bringing them both together. But that's something that you can do anywhere, anytime. And it's just notice what comes up, what thoughts arise, and can you observe those without kind of letting them spiral off into a story? And just over and over again, every time your mind wanders, just notice with kind, curious awareness, and then gently bring it back and start again. And of course, people can always go to mindfulfire.org. My, I have tons of free meditations on there as well. Um, so people can check those out too, if they want to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is that where they find the podcast too? Yep. The podcast is there. Um, all the, all the 139 or so episodes are are there and i actually created a a resource uh about envisioning as as you can tell that's a big part of my story Uh, i created a resource that people can download it's a free envisioning guide with the first three questions that i would ask if i were looking to get clear on what i want my life to look like and to start bringing that into my life right now and so they can download that at mindfulfire.org austin I love it. Guys, if you're looking to level up your life or just create more clarity in your vision, go check out his podcast, download his stuff. Um, I know those tools have helped me in the past and continue to help me. So you can't go wrong with uh, exploring that avenue. And if you got some value from this episode, send it out to your friends, share it around, and we'll talk to you next time.